Alright man, Losing Lies Podcast, new episode here, we're covering Hardcore Henry. So, let's go ahead and play the song here. Three lives down, you got enough in there to finish me off? One way to find out. Gross. This is not good. Mario Brothers Club, no league too small. Fatality. Well, I'm gonna drop it in. No need to play it every time. No. Yeah. Especially since something's been going on with a recording. I think when I um, dampen the audio to kind of cut some of the noise out and clean it up, it's been affecting the song. And I've been hearing it come out kind of fucked up. And I've been having to cut it out and drop it back in anyway, so right. I'll just drop it in and nap. So, anyway, um, Hardcore Henry, not really based off a video game, but it's kind of done like a video game, like a first-person shooter. So, I thought we'd cover it. And, like, watching the movie, it definitely felt like a video game. It does feel like a video it, game. It, it's, it's very in that life, in that world, like a first-person shooter. So... Um, I'll just talk a little bit about your experience with first-person shooters. Because typically we talk about the game that the movie's based off of. We'll just talk about first-person shooters and stuff like that. So why don't you go ahead with you know, your experience with first-person. I think the the first one I played was Wolfenstein on okay. a demo at a service merchandise on a Packard Bell, which I think a lot of people's first time yep. experience. Yeah, probably Every time you go in there, I'm going to play that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say like the, the first major one I played was probably Goldeneye. Mm. Can't remember if there was any really before that that I got into. Yeah. But uh, definitely Goldeneye, first person. Yeah, mine too, I think, was probably actually... My first was probably Goldeneye. Because I don't think we really got first person shooters on consoles until that era of like N64. It was Goldeneye, then you went to Halo. And yeah. Did, did Sony really have many first person shooters? The PlayStation One. Should they had some. I know. What Goldeneye had going for it was the multiplayer. He had the four player multiplayer. That's the first thing I remember is Goldeneye playing it, and I got an N sixty four before I got a PlayStation, and the N sixty four that was that was it. So and that was good. Oh shit, that was me. I touched it. Fucking bastard. Felt so good. Such an asshole. God damn it. God damn it. Goldeneye then. uh, Nope, fuzzy button. wuzzy. There we go. No one judges my fuzzy wuzzy. Mistake. Yep. I'd say the next one I got into like real big because I played after Goldeneye. Kind of didn't have an Xbox, so I didn't get into Halo. Um, from there I played SOCOM, but that was third person. Mm. And then SOCOM. Kind of like that, um, Gears, like behind the camera, behind the uh, head, third person. Yeah, but it was it wasn't. Um, not the cover system wasn't as as great, but it was. I don't think I really played SOCOM. SOCOM was fucking the shit. Yeah. yeah. It it was it was you died and that was it. You mm-hmm. played uh, eleven rounds, first team to win six one. Yeah. Um. And then uh, we played a lot of SOCOM. SOCOM three came out. It's pretty disappointing. Uh. So then, I got into the beta for Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Mm. The you know Call of Duty four. And immediately was like, 
you got to play this. You got to get on this beta. I was I was doing the things, getting codes, giving them all my friends, and then got huge into that mm. for a good eleven months, and then I really can't play first person games anymore. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, I went GoldenEye route, and then I I got into Halo pretty hard. I got the Xbox, and um, Halo was like blew me away. First person shooter, like I was just this is fucking dope, you know, and like. Played the hell out of Halo, Halo 2, Halo 3, big Halo fan. And I kind of got into Call of Duty a little bit, played some Call of Duty stuff, but like, you know, didn't really keep into it that much. So um, I did like some other first person stuff like Resistance and things like that. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, this movie kind of reminded me of, I had thoughts of Halo in the beginning because it opens up. Well, it opens up with the dad telling him he's a pussy. So that that's the first opening. And I didn't really cut any drops for this movie. I cut some, but I, I, I like one or two, and I just I haven't put them in the phone. And I'm really not going to worry about it that much like I normally do. Because there wasn't really much to cut. A lot of it was just action. Just action right. scenes, music, fighting stuff. Like This was like action from start to finish. With little story strewn throughout. It wasn't really much of a story. Um, it was some, but you know, he wakes up and she's putting together his arm and his leg, like these robot arms and legs and stuff. And like, he's looking around and she's like getting him adjusted to everything. And it's kind of like, like a first person game. Typically when you start, you're like adjusting your controller settings, look up, look down. Do you want inverted access? Things like that. And it kind of felt like that in the opening of this movie. And just the whole time it really kind of felt that way almost like a halo-esque because it's kind of futuristic with the robot arms and legs and stuff like that then we get introduced to the i guess the villain psychomanus yeah yes actually there's a scene at the end of the movie that is psychomanus like it almost looked like pulled from metal gear to to an extent because there's a scene where there's all these dead bodies everywhere that that henry's killed and he is just floating in the air, and bodies are floating around him, and he's just up in the air like this. And I was like, dude, this is like fucking Psycho Manus right here, you know? <laughs> like, that's exactly what it looked like. And Henry jumps on the bodies, and then jumps onto him and beats you know the shit out of him, and ends up cutting his head off and like throwing but it in the helicopter. It isn't, isn't that the worst thing about first-person shooters and when they make you do platform elements where you have to... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of... You know, like, at least in this movie, he could look down and see his feet. But yeah. in, in some games, you look down, you don't see your feet, and it's hard to... to Torak yeah. was on a 64, and I remember they had platforming elements to that, and I just... It was hard to time the jumps because you couldn't see your feet. Yeah. And I couldn't... I just didn't have the feel for when I was near an edge. Mm-hmm. This kind of actually reminded me of this game more so, uh, Breakdown. Uh, it was, I think Namco made it. It was for the Xbox and I think the PS2. That was the era of that. Um, I don't know if it was PS, it might have been Xbox exclusive, but I don't think it was. But Breakdown was a game where you wake up in a room, you don't really have memories of anything, just like Henry, didn't have memories of anything. And it's a first person. Like, kind of shooter, but not really. Because in the game, it actually focuses a little more on hand-to-hand combat first person. But you also can get guns and stuff. Now, it's, it's different from Hardcore Henry, because in Breakdown, there's a, like a, some kind of 
alien invasion that's happened and you end up like you're some kind of experiment thing and you've got to go and help stop this alien invasion and you kind of woke up in the middle of this war that's happened so the reason why breakdown sticks out to me is because it's all you know first person like that and there's like fist fighting and gun shooting and stuff and breakdown like that and throughout the game there's this character with like psychic abilities kind of like him but it's like an alien dude and like at different parts of the game he kind of comes in and just kind of wrecks havoc over everything throws people around and shit and like Every time you try and do something to him, he kind of throws you out. Like, you can't get to him to the very end. And, like, um, there's, like, a twist and there's all types of story. But they fight like this because in this movie, he's going about. And, like, every time the, the main villain, I think, like, Yokan, I think was his name. It was, like, kind of, like, Russian. It's all Russian. Right. Very Russian. The, the <clears throat> director and everything was a Russian guy. Um and uh, the whole time he kind of comes into areas and like just starts doing psychic stuff, throwing people around. It reminded me of Breakdown a little bit like that. And it was kind of like that. It also reminded me of the Arrow season four where he was fighting the magic guy. And like his magic abilities were just being able to throw things around with his mind. Oh, yeah, like right. that was his power set. So like, and it would be this weird thing in Arrow where, like, every time he'd come up to the boss or to the guy in the season, he'd, like, try and shoot an arrow and he would psychically throw it. And it's like, oh, I don't know what to do past that. I shot my arrows and he moves it with his psychic abilities. I can't get past it. And, like, that's how this movie kind of was a little bit, too. It was, like, he just did his psychic stuff and there's nothing he could do about it to, like, the very end. He just overcomes the psychic abilities. Because at the end... He's starting to use them on him, and it's just like it doesn't work anymore because Henry like remembers something from his dad calling him a pussy, and he's like, <laughs> "I'm not a pussy." And then he like doesn't get affected by psychic powers anymore, and if, it fucks him up. If you just remember in life that you're not a pussy, there's limitless possibilities. There you go to what I, you can do. I think that's the main story of Hardcore Henry. There is that if you remember you're not a pussy. You can do anything you want. There's any, you can do anything you want. I thought it was weird when he was in like the brothel thing, and he was like kind of out of commission, and like the girls were messing with him. Yeah. And one girl like put his hand on her titty, and then he started to get memories back of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, that that was interesting. Is that I did like Jimmy. So you get different Jimmys, and you come to find out Jimmy's a guy in a wheelchair who's created different avatars of himself. And they go out and been trying to help Henry get back to him because he was. So the the plot of it is, Henry wakes up just to speak on Jimmy and everything. I really have to explain the plot. the The plot of it is that Henry wakes up and apparently he's like an experiment for some soldier thing, but like his wife is there and trying to help him, but they get attacked by this dude, Psychomanus. Psychomanus. I'll just say that. But the weird thing about him, though, is like it almost feels like was he funding the project or was he trying to steal the project? I don't know. I think he was trying to get his own army of robot people. Yeah, but like, was this project his funding? Because I think it was. It was. It comes out that it is his because right. there's a twist at the end. Do you you know the twist? Because you didn't get through the whole I movie. I didn't make it through. So the twist at the end is Henry's wife is actually Psychomantis's wife. Bastard. Yeah. So it's all this game they play. So they've done this hundreds of times with each soldier they've brought back up. She pretends to be the wife to get them motivated to try 
And, like, I guess they're testing these soldiers to see if they can get through. It's almost a Metal Gear Solid-esque thing. Because if you remember Metal Gear Solid 2, the whole, the whole thing, the whole was, thing uh, was Raiden's test to see if he could be like Solid Snake. They wanted he, to make another Solid Snake. On a record, he never can. No, he can't. Well, he became badass ninja afterwards. So, But we figured that out. We, we explained it. Um, but it, it, it had that kind of story. Oh, shit. Oh, well. Um... Uh, let me do this so that doesn't happen again. Sorry. Um, but anyways, it is very Metal Gear Solid 2-ish in its story because it's uh, this whole thing is like a simulation in a way to, 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 to test him. And the wife was all there just to kind of help give that motivation because she makes a comment like, I knew it would work. I knew he was different when he reached his hand out to bring me into the escape pod. Right? But that's where I have... That's the first of a couple of problems with this movie because it's like if this is all a test why would you risk your life by getting into an escape pod with this guy when the test apparently is designed for you not to go in there because she literally almost dies landing in that escape pod because it crashes right. he gets thrown out of it and she's like unconscious in there so that doesn't make any fucking sense at well, all. My wife was like, oh, she died. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was almost like that, too. I was like, because at first, the whole time, I did think that was his <clears> wife. <throat> but when you step back and think, it's like, why would his wife be some scientist that puts him together? And, like, the movie doesn't really explain much. Because it's just fast-paced action. And I think that's the biggest problem. It's an interesting idea. And, like, the action stuff is, like, really cool. I actually think some of the stuff is really fucking dope. I think it's worth seeing for some of that. But you could easily shave. Like, they could have condensed this down into an hour. I think it would have been great. Because about 30, 40 minutes into the movie, it's kind of like, all right. Like, it's it's the same. It's, it's a gimmick. You know? Like, it's not. I don't know if you could watch whole movies or a series of movies with this camera angle. Yeah, I think if. It was hard to watch because it's like the motion thing. Mm -hmm. It, it kind of reminded me of watching like Blair Witch Project when uh, they started yeah. running with the camera and it's mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm going to puke. Yeah, but it's it's a little better than I think some of the shaky cam stuff because it feels like a cleaner visual and it's like first person you looking around. I think it's I think it's better than what I've seen those like camera footage type shots, but it's still not, at least for the story and everything, is the story is not as engaging because it was very action focused. So if you're just an action junkie and you likes like fighting and action movies and things like that, this is a good place to be. Like it's 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 a good watch for that, and it's on Netflix. So I would say it's a it's a good watch. Sometimes Henry fired four bullets and killed four guys, and sometimes he fired four bullets and couldn't hit one guy. Yeah, that happened too. A little bit weird. Sometimes that happened. Yep. Uh, but it turned off auto aim. Getting into Jimmy, the point of putting the story is that so there's this experiment. Apparently, Jimmy was the one who helped design a lot of this, and so they had him go in where he had a bunch of the soldiers like being tested. But they they kind of didn't think for themselves. They were just like swinging, throwing punches, and all this kind of shit. And Jimmy was in the room with them, like, "Oh shit, this is not working the way that I had designed initially." And uh, Psycho Manus was like, fuck that shit. Like, you know, let him get fucked up by some of those soldiers and shit. He didn't let him in. Like, he was like, you failed me. Like, fuck you, you know, kind of thing like that. Right. So Jimmy's in a wheelchair because of that. So now when he finds, I guess, Henry is out, 
he's trying to reach out to Henry and help him in thinking down Psycho Mantis. But a lot of the detailed specifics of what makes Jimmy what would make him much sense don't really get explained. It's just like he's this guy in a wheelchair and he has a bunch of different avatars who kind of have different personalities because there's like a punk rock one. There was the the one in the button up, the first one he meets that saves him and yeah. then gets his head blown out. That's another version of Jimmy. The homeless guy in the bus is like another version of Jimmy. I did like that. He was like, that is the gayest jacket I've ever seen. And then the guy's like got a flamethrower and shoots it into the bus and it just burns him alive. <laughs> but that's, uh, so the Jimmy character and the idea that, that was kind of cool, a cool reveal. And then he works with Jimmy on taking him down. Uh, but like, no reason really. Like, well, what happens now? Like he takes him down. It's like, okay. Like that chick's not your wife. Okay, like, <laughs> like it's just nothing. Game over. Exactly. It's just nothing really to the movie beyond just some action scenes. You know, so it is what it is. Uh, so from from the bits of it, I mean, what did you like or dislike about it? I mean, it had it, it did have good action, and it, you know, it does remind you of a game. They give him like the phone, and he's got to look at the phone for stuff, and that's kind of like that was like a HUD map, like yeah, it's yes. your map and stuff, and it's um. <clears throat> I felt like it a good gimmick for a movie but it, like you said it's they, you can't watch multiple movies like that and then for a movie like that it's it's too long to sit there and try and watch the whole thing through with that it's an hour and a half that was the length I believe of it I got through 41 minutes there you go that's all you can tap out Eminem dro- dropped a surprise album yesterday oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm white, so I had to download it and there listen you to go. it immediately. There you go. I guess so. And I, I cut grass so. in between thunderstorms. There you go. That's always an important thing to do. Yes. Cut grass in between thunderstorms. Now, it's, we've been getting rainy weekends like every weekend down here. It's ridiculous. Yes. I feel like I live in fucking Seattle. This movie actually started... Let me... Um, it was... Uh, I remember the... It was like a YouTube video, right? N- uh, yes. So, what it was is this guy has a band. The director of the movie... I'm trying to pull up his name. Ila Neshler. It looks like it's I-L-Y-A. And his last name is N-A-I-S-H-U-L-L-E-R. He has a band. The band is uh, called Biting Elbows, I think. I think that's what it is. It's like a Russian rock, like punk rock type band. that's That's a decent band name. I think, biting it's, elbows. I think it's Biting Elbows. Um, they did a music video called like a motherfucker. I think that's the name of the song. And the music video was all shot in this Go... They used a GoPro to take, to take a lot of the shots. They did something like Magnet, Magnets and a GoPro to kind of help steady it and move it around and stuff like that. And that's how they shot the music video. And it's similar to Hardcore Henry, you know, gun shooting stuff like that and all that so um some russian producer i believe reached out to him and was like hey like you should do a movie like this because the music video was cool you should do a movie and at first he was like no but then he kind of like really thought about it he was like you know what that'd be cool i'd like to try and do it and he brought it to like sundance 
And apparently it was the number one movie out there. Like everybody really loved it. At the it was it was it was definitely Film different. Festival. So yes. yeah, you go to movies and Sundance has a weird bunch of movies, and to see something like this that's action heavy, it definitely was would be different. Yeah. So they they went in. Um, so a lot of movie studios were like, "Hey, look, we'll, we'll get the movie, we'll produce it, we'll put it out." And so you know, we sold it to them, and I think. I've heard two, like when you look up at Google, they say the budget was $2 million. But then I've seen some other articles that say they spent about $10 million on the movie. So I'm not sure which one is the real figure, but they spent a few million dollars on it, pumped it out, <clears throat> and I think it dropped right after Batman versus Superman. So it dropped close to that. Because I remember when this movie dropped, and I remember seeing the advertisements for it. And I actually did want to go see this movie, this Hardcore Henry. I thought it was interesting. I actually wanted to go to theaters for it. I thought it would be a cool movie to see in theaters because of the first-person viewpoint. Seen on a big screen like that seems like a little more of a preferable option. But um, something happened, and we just we didn't go. I remember I got in some argument with my wife, I think, at the time. It was like, we're just not going to the movies then. And then that was it. Like, I don't remember what it was, but uh, there was something with her birthday and we were boiling crawfish. I wanted to go to the movie, but it didn't happen. So, whatever. But, uh, I think there was some other movie from, uh, what's her name? Who's the chick who just did the, uh, Happy Time Murders? Melissa McCarthy? I think she had a movie that came out. Big Boss or something about being the boss or something like that. The Boss or some movie like that. And that almost knocked out Batman versus Superman from, or it did knock him out from top spot by that time. And Hardcore Henry didn't really stand much of a chance. I think the movie overall, domestic and uh, overseas, it only brought in 16 mil. Like 15, 16 million dollars. Yeah, so it's uh, domestic down here made 9 million. Yeah. 52,000. And then international box office. A little bit over five million puts a total at near fifteen million, and then uh, four million dollars worth of video sales. Yeah. Yep. So <clears throat> it really flopped. Like I think with all the advertising and stuff they put into it, this was a big flop for them. But I don't know. I felt like this movie was. I think if it came out at a different time, it might have did better. Uh, I don't think, I think it'd have been for the cheap budget, it would have been a success. I could see a time frame where this movie could probably pull in like 50 mil, I think. <clears throat> and like if you have a 10 million budget and you pull in 50 million, that's not too bad. It's like the, the horror movie dream of you make this cheap yes. ass horror movie and then it makes 50 million at the box office. It's like, hey, hey, that's good. You got 11 more sequels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go. I think there's a life where this movie lives somewhere. Maybe not there, maybe like a Netflix thing. Maybe like streaming service things, cheap movie to make, put on your streaming service. I think it could have a life there. Like, I think I would watch another movie like this. What if, what if it was a series of 30-minute episodes? That, it lives better there. I think... To where they could actually explore more storyline? Yes. Action, I think if this was a TV show... Action just sprinkled in? Yeah. Like, if this was a TV show, first person, right? I think you... But like... To tell an effective story. What if this is the Halo TV show? It's all first person. You never fucking see Master Chief. That would be interesting. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. If it's in 30-minute increments, though. So it's short, condensed. You got a couple episodes, but you're not sitting there for an hour and a half looking at this first person thing. I think that could work. What if they... And What if 
everybody else was regular, like regular TV, and every time it was Master Chief, it was in first person. So they did like the game, and you never know what the fuck he looks like. That would actually be even more interesting because then every time you would go in to do something with Master Chief, you went into a first person camera perspective. So you're still getting your story beats and everything, looking at everybody like normal. But then when Master Chief comes in, maybe certain times when you're doing the fight scenes, you get a first person view of everything, and it does like that. That would be kind of cool, but I don't think you could do that for every action scene. I think it would just be a few. Right. You know, like I don't think you do it every every time a fight scene happens. Just first person, like that would be kind of all right. <laughs> as soon as it goes to first person, we're we gonna shoot and kill shit again. Let's yep. go. Yep. But they do some interesting stuff here with the first person. There's a lot of like, like psychomantis picking up the bodies and him jumping on the bodies to get to them. It's like kind of, of a cool thing. Yeah, the there was like a lot of that. Him. Rolling around, jumping around, doing shit. I think they said that filming this is like one of the hardest things to do oh, with I that GoPro. Like it, it is difficult to get those shots, and I think they did a. I think they did a pretty good job. I think this movie, yeah, this is a good, like, movie. It's just a shitty story. Like it's, it's there's no story to it. There's no purpose other than like shooting stuff. It's the action. And it's... so, like, if you watch thirty minutes of this, you're good. Any more than that, it feels like it's just like, okay. Because the action beats, it doesn't really do anything so crazy that it's like you want to see the next crazy stunt they do. Like, most of the stunts they do are, are crazy and, and they're action-packed, but it's it feels kind of samey. So it feels like after 30 minutes in, you're like, okay. Like, you want to see more story beats. But then it's like, well, no, let's do this action thing. And he's got a shotgun now. Now he's got these pistols. Now he's jumping around doing all types of shit. And it's, okay. You now know. he's touching a booby and remembering stuff. Yes, he's touching a boob, remembering his maybe wife. I don't know who he was remembering. Because if he was remembering her, I think those are false memories input into him. So Maybe he had Psychomantis' memories. Yeah, because the, the guy, Jimmy ends up dying. And he tells him about trusting his memories. And I guess the only memory he had to trust is his dad calling him a pussy. Right. Like, that's the biggest thing that helped him out in this entire movie. His dad called him a pussy, and he was like, "And see, like I'm Jimmy, pussy. Jimmy, when he was running from him in the beginning, because then it's he, he said, uh, he told him you're not something and, and just a pussy. Yeah. And then like ran from him. Yeah. So he's trying to he's trying to spark it. Yeah. He told him you're half machine, half pussy. Yeah. There that's you go. what he told that's him. What it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and get some of the trivia facts because there's quite a few of them, and then we get to rating this movie again. Like this one was something that there's not as much to talk about. Like we just did it because I, I even made up a game for us. So when we're done this, okay, we'll, we'll play a game. All right, cool. Henry was played by ten different stuntmen and cameramen, including the director. And uh, like again, Ila. I don't even know how to say his name. Nishalir? We'll just call him the director. Yeah, the director. He was originally played by Russian stuntman, cameraman, operator, Sergei Valave. But the camera rig used in production eventually caused him severe neck pain. The role was given to Andrei Dementiev, who also suffered neck pain as well, <laughs> in addition to losing a tooth after being struck by a stuntman. In the scenes where Daniela... Daniela... Kozovsky and Charlotte Copley talked direct directly to Henry Valiev. Oh, these names and Dementiev wore shades to prevent 
So they're saying Henry, the guy with the camera, they're basically getting to is that he wore shades to prevent the actors or actresses from looking at him. They wanted them to look at the camera right. so that they're looking at the people. So they wore shades to kind of help do that. That's what they're saying. And they said it's one of the most challenging in the career. Uh, they said the film premiered hardcore. It was called Hardcore at first at the 2015 Toronto International Film Festival. It's September 12th. Film came one of the most popular movies at the festival and led to a bidding war between Lionsgate, Universal, and STX Entertainment. Ultimately, STX acquired worldwide rights to Hardcore, including a wide release commitment for $10 million, becoming the studio's first festival acquisition. It was retitled Hardcore Henry for domestic release. And see, there, there goes your budget, because that's how much they paid for it. And the film's composer was the dominatrix Biker. Okay. Her name was Daria Charusha. So, the video game Payday 2 had a cross-promotion before the movie's release. It came with heist relating to the film's plot, along with a new playable character, Jimmy, and new weapons. A poster for the game can be seen on the wall of one of the apartments where Slick Dimitri is found, and Jimmy's mask from the game can be seen in the drawer with the weapons in the strip club. So, there you go. Crowdfunding was used to get additional funds during post-production, the number of on-screen deaths is roughly 211. So, there you go. Blender, an open-source software package, was used for providing most of the visual effects. Akon, uh, Akon is Psycho Manus. That's the villain. That's his name. A-K-A-N. Akon. Claiming that 100,000 baseball bats were sold in Russia compared to 50 baseballs is actually true though the apparent numbers are skewed closer to 500,000 to one. Yeah, he makes that point. I forgot. He pulls out a bat, and he's, like, about to beat the shit out of Henry. Or he's he actually is going to beat the shit out of his his wife, but Henry don't know that that's his wife yet. They're playing the part. Right. And he's like, do you want to take her spot? And he's like, you know, yes. You know, I don't want you to hurt her. So then he makes a comment about that there's 100,000 baseball bats to 50 baseballs that are sold. So more bats than balls, meaning that they're using these bats for weapons and shit. Right. They're not used for playing baseball. So at least in Russia. So then he starts beating the shit out of Henry with it um, in one of the scenes. Uh, they say one of the movie posters seen in the film is Lady in the Lake. It's the first feature film to have been shot entirely in the first person POV. Interestingly enough, Lady in the Lake is generally considered a flop for that very reason. This technique is rarely used outside of films such as Russian Ark and Hardcore Henry. So, it's only like three films that did this kind of thing. Maybe uh, maybe don't do this, Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Production company Rooster Teeth teamed up with um, Sherito Copley and the director of Hardcore Henry, along with some of its crew, to make Don't Talk or Text PSA for the Alamo Drafthouse Theater chain. So, there you go. Uh, before this film, the director made several music videos from his Russian punk rock band, Biting Elbows. There you go. The videos were shot in the same style, fast-paced, first-person perspective. And that's what kind of started it. It says they use a GoPro Hero 3. They had those cameras mounted on a specially made mask. And um, designed by Sergo, uh, Sergei Valiev, who called it the Adventure Mask. The stabilization systems that used either electronics or magnets created by the movie's director of photography. 
between the electronics and the magnet stabilization systems, the director chose the magnets because he felt it resembled natural head movement better. And apparently, there's a special thanks in the credits to Jarrett Leto, Samuel L. Jackson, and Neil Blomkamp. I don't know why, but they got a special thanks in the movie. The end. Well, <laughs> and they probably then, heard that you know, Samuel L. Jackson has to be in every movie. Well, they did. Well, so they the, just thank him. Well, they might have thanked <clears throat> Samuel L. Jackson because the movie was inspired by the psalm they did called "Bad Motherfucker." Right. And like, <laughs> there you go. They were like, "Thanks, Sam," <laughs> because that was the. Uh, that came from the Bad Motherfucker and the Stampede music videos. The director made those with the GoPro stuff, too. And that's kind of what started this. Um, it was the first feature film for the director. Like, you know, because he just was doing, like, rock band yeah, stuff music and music videos, videos and shit like that. They said the, ten, the, tune of the, the tone of the film was originally intended to be much more serious. But as the concept of a 90-minute long first-person action film was already asking a lot from the audience, he decided to go more of an offbeat, humor, humorous tone. I think that was probably better than right. he tried to do that. Like I like the little scene where he was like, uh, you're married? He's like, how's that working out for you? And he like shakes his hand like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, the movie was partially funded with Indiegogo. They say with the scene where Henry finds a horse and attempts to ride it was originally planned to have Henry ride it out only for the horse to be attacked by rabid dogs and Henry having to euthanize it. But this was changed for Western audiences. So what ended up happening is he jumped on the horse and the horse bucked him off and he ended up just walking wherever he had to go or something like that. So instead of like having rabid dogs attack the horse and then him kill it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, they said the very first trailer of this movie was posted on YouTube labeled as just hardcore in 2014 one year before they announced the official trailer uh, they, they said like there was a scene where three mercenaries uh, for a con the Psycho Manus, uh burst into the lab during the start of the film were played by actual Russian SWAT personnel he wanted the mercenaries to be believable so the first couple he used real SWAT from Russia like in the film there you go yeah they said that they would uh, the director and writer of the film said that they would be willing to make a sequel since he has an outline for a second one if there's a need and a want for it he said they'll make the second one it'll be much much quicker it may not be three years this time maybe two years and six months it took them three years to do the movie uh, he said, people are going to download a pirate it. You'll want an opinion on it, especially if you're a gamer. The question is whether people will turn up to the cinema and watch it. So, And they didn't. Right. So there probably won't be a, a sequel for this. So um, uh, let's see. When, Henry's around, around, when Henry, around the start of the action and fighting, climbs up a building to get into a window and enters an apartment where you can see various posters... Of famous PC video games, Half Life, Payday Two, and Left 4 Dead. So there's a lot of game nods in here and stuff like that. Um, they said the recordings from the GoPro cameras were edited to cut the hundreds of shots together into one continuous film. Uh, when the movie was screened in Spain during the Fanter Film Festival 2017, which was hosted in a theater, a spectator in the upper balcony got dizzy watching the film, toppled against the balustrade and almost fell down yeah there's a lot of like fucking if, movement shit. if he would have fell down then it would have been news <laughs> yeah 
Uh, yeah, he said after the body scan at Jimmy's lab, Henry is shown to still have his original rib cage, spine, pelvis, and at least one major limb. However, he continually shrugs off punishment that should have shattered these bones to dust in the most extreme instance. The fall from the helicopter should have killed him. Uh, the coke-addicted Jufro of Jimmy and the brothel collapses just before the painfully shy nerd Jimmy in the tacky vest enters the room. He only gets back up after nerd Jimmy leaves. Um, let's see. Uh, Russian bodybuilder Alexei Karas played one of the obedient muscular cyborgs that were created to be perfect soldiers. He played cyborg number nine, but was credited as a stuntman. So, and they say the the ending, uh, the ending is Henry. He kills Psycho Manus, and his wife's in the helicopter leaving. So he jumps in the helicopter with his wife, and she's like, "You know, why, Henry? Why are you doing this? Like." What happened to Akan, like her husband, the psychomanist? And he like holds his head up like, yeah, this is what happened to him. And she just flips out and he, she ends up, the helicopter shakes some kind of way. And she falls down and she's holding on to the ledge of the helicopter. And she's like, help me, please. And he shuts the door on her fingers and lets her die. Nice. Because, you know, she's a bitch. So they say that it's just ironic because at the opening... Henry Neary falls out the airship lab and she helps him back up. So right. when then it's reverse, he fucking kills her because, you know, I guess she was she's an asshole too. So um anyways, that's it for that. What did you have for um You said you had a game? Yes. Not really a game, but what movie or what character in a movie would you like to see their first person's perspective of? So if any any movie, which character would you want to just watch them in first person to see it through their eyes? Let's see. Mm, That's a tough one. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'll say this. It just comes to mind because I'm just thinking about it. There's a specific scene I'd like to see. Uh, Captain America and a Winter Soldier in the elevator. Oh, see it all through Captain America's eyes. Yes, I would have to say that would be kind of crazy to see how that scene went down first person when he's fucking everybody up in the elevator, and that was such a great scene. I wonder would it be first person? So, the T one thousand and Terminator two. Oh yeah, (laughs) everything from his perspective. Yeah, (laughs) especially when he runs because he runs all funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. See his little arms going a little choppy. Yeah, that would be a good one too. Anything like super action would probably be cool. Maybe like a like a horror movie. Like if you see everything just through Jason's eyes. Yeah. So he's watching these teens have sex, and you know he sees a. Well, pole, you could just watch. He a, looks over and you just, just watch a porn, him. and you could do that first yeah, person. Yeah. So. I, that, a lot of those are the. They're doing that now with the virtual reality (laughs) goggles and shit. Like now that's like the one thing they're thinking is going to help VR is like porn. Doing porn in VR. Then you'll get the hardcore Henry version of it. (laughs) It's like I'm fucking, but it's not my dick. (laughs) Would the porno for hardcore Henry just be called hardcore Henry? I think it still would be called the same thing. Or Harry. Yeah, I think it's Hardcore Harry. Hardcore Harry Balls. (laughs) Uh, What'd you rate the movie? Uh, I didn't 
lose or gain any lives, but I didn't finish the movie. Definitely got to say you at least lost a life. Yeah, because I couldn't finish. So, yeah, I lost a life. Yeah. I would say I'm at the same point, lose a life. Like, it was interesting. Yes. To see the perspective, and then when they throw in the stuff, and it's like, okay, that's like a game. That's my map. Yeah. Um, all that stuff was cool. I liked all the video game, like, referencing stuff and things they did like that. But uh, it's just not as good until you're controlling and actually playing. Right. Like, watching it, it's cool, but it's it feels like something I should watch on YouTube. Right. You know, some weird thing on YouTube I might watch. Somebody do something interesting. But seeing it in a big budget movie like that, I don't know if we're ready for that. Unless maybe... See, that would be a better movie, I think, if you did that one just as a VR movie. So, like... Because they talked about, like... There'd definitely be vomit then. Yes, but, (laughs) like, the experience would be better, I think. Because that movie feels designed for VR shit. Like, because they talked about, like... Imagine doing movies where you're like standing in the movie and looking around like one of the characters. And so Hardcore Henry would be you being the main star of the movie. The only thing that would make it better is if you were able to look around when people are talking to you and stuff. And then you would do things and you you just could like kind of see, you know. I don't right. know. It would be probably problematic. People get sick, sure. But I think it lives there better. And if if you did it in VR and it, like let's say you're one of the side characters and you get to watch it from their point of view, yeah. what if you you're looking around and you miss the action? Hey, you know I think that the director might have a life if he gets with some VR companies and works with them on filming certain things with like GoPros and doing this because I tell you that the video is is great, like the quality of it, the the the, the perspective. Like I don't know if you get much better than that as a first person like camera shot. Like, just the way he shot the movie, the quality of it, I think, was actually, it's great. Like, I think it's good. It's just, I don't know. It's hard to sit through an hour and a half of a movie like that. Now, I wonder if the movie would be as rough to watch if there wasn't as much action and more story development. And then you played more with the humor of it, of looking in first person. Like, whatever, sex jokes, whatever, like type of funny ways to look at a scene being creative and humorous that could have helped that movie too than yeah. just being crazy action like if they were just crazy action scenes comedy scenes and some story depth those things all like strewn in together well could have been a good movie and it wouldn't have been as like vomit inducing if it wasn't as much shaking moving you know camera action stuff so I say I lost a life. I think though that this guy, if he went back to the drawing board, I think there's a there's a movie he can do like that that would be good. Like a ten minute VR experience. It could be that. Could be that. I think he could. I think uh, again. I think Hardcore Henry in another time, maybe not after Batman versus Superman, and like if it, it, maybe it was just that might have been the perfect time to come out because people seen that shit and they were like. I need something else. Yeah, well, if there was a better time where they can just be away from all of that, I don't know if that exists, but just some... I think there's just a better time to release this movie. Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit doesn't come out Christmas I Day. I think at the end of summer, right around now, would be good. We're, there, there is we're, like... we're, we're kind of well away from that, and there's not really much on the horizon as far as superhero movies come. So... I think something like that. I, I think like it may not be the top of the movie charts, 
but I think it makes more than nine million. Right. If you release it like now, so that's what I think. So, anyways, I think that about does it for us on losing lives. Um, it's hardcore Henry. I think next episode we've got a we should be having a guest with us from nerd porn or nerds now they're just the nerds, and um, I think we're doing uh, in the name of the king. So that's the next movie. Sounds exciting. Yeah, another Uwe Bolt movie. Going back to him. Y'all just love that stuff. Oh, I'm not looking forward to this one. I'm not big on these like olden day type stuff, but Jason Statham's. I don't mind him. So, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But that's the next one. So shout out to them. Another podcast, Nerds, Blurs Are Us, uh, Longbox Guys, um, Gaming with Glory, the Hip Hop Nerd. Uh, he's still doing some stuff over there. Check him out. He was just a guest on Who's Next last week. So definitely fun with that. Um, take our friends at Panel on Panels, Blurs Are Us. I don't, I don't know if I named them, but definitely want to shout them out too. Um, yeah. Huge shout outs to all our friends there podcasting along with us. And uh, if you want to, you know, if you do a podcast, you want to do something together, just hit me up. Uh, who's next? GE at gmail.com. That's the email. You can hit us up. Who's next? Gaming.com is the website. You can get there. It has links to everything to get to me and all that stuff. So check that out as well. Uh, thank you, Patrick. No yeah. problem.